It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's basketball time to go. It's over! over the timeline, stunts on a dime, hits the three! Darius Garland has been unreal here in the fourth quarter. Jack clock down to five, Lillard blocked by Mobley! Oh, my! Take his home! Challenge down, and Allen sits on! Get that big step out of here! <laughs> the shoot-around. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We hope you all had a great start to the new year. Speaking of which, Donovan Mitchell started it off with a bang, dropping 71 points against the Chicago Bulls in a 145-134 to win at home. And now, they just won a nail-biter against the Suns 90-88. to We're going to get into how this team just won't quit, but speaking of that, how about the trade for Mitchell, Colin? I think we're getting enough legs out of that one. Without a doubt, Adam, the Cavs were on a three-game skid and Mitchell looked off in the team's first game against the Bulls in Chicago. But his performance against them at home puts him in the rarefied air as LeBron James for this franchise. At this point in history, the trade for Mitchell will go down as the best ever for the Cavs. Make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or follow us on the podcast player of your choice. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we post our video episodes plus extra content that doesn't make the show. Be sure to leave a comment. We'd love for you to engage with the club. So Jetty Osmond currently has one of the highest net ratings in the NBA, at 11.5. This is, of course, the highest of his career. Why do you think he's having such a positive impact for the team this season? Well, overall, I think I'll have to start with what we have heard the most within the media, which is that a huge part of his maturation is the fact that he got married. I don't know if that's the case or not, but it does seem like his North Star is pointing a little more north. If that, I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, The guy seems more comfortable in in all phases of his life. I see him in interviews. I see him on the court. He's just taking the opportunity as being given to him and I think he's flourishing in it. We over the years felt that both he and the Cavaliers seem to be kind of assigning a greater importance to what he might provide and overall I think this season is finally we're we're seeing what we were hoping he would become for this team which is a solid 15 to 20 point a night guy when mm-hmm. when it works for the matchups he comes in off the bench he's providing that kind of spark that you're looking for he's got a lot of quickness he drives to the basket and um, provides scoring opportunities both on the fast break but also in foul opportunities as well he's getting the other team in foul trouble more often He's doing things mm-hmm. that are contributing to the success of this team in the ways that Jetty can be helpful. And so uh, instead mm-hmm. of forcing it the way that he has in the past, 
I'm just seeing a guy that has finally kind of matured into what his skills can provide, and he's taking the opportunities as given with a, a, an addition like Mitchell to, to the Cavs. So. Exactly. I think having Mitchell and Darius and Evan and Jarrett, all these other starters be established starters is really helping Jetty. His biggest problem in his previous seasons with the Cavs is that he would be a starter. <laughs> he should never be a starter. He should be purely a bench player, an energy guy. He causes havoc. He wreaks havoc defensively because he's not the best defender, but he's his steals are still in a solid place. He's getting in front of people. He's trying to draw charges. He still needs to go to the Kevin Love school of drawing charges to get them correct because he moves his feet too much. But he's doing what you're talking about. He's leaking out on rebounds. He's actually trying to force that bench defense that he's going against to defend him. And so he'll draw fouls. And he's hitting his shots from the outside. He's only had a few cold nights that I can think of where it's really impacted the team and we haven't been able to claw our way out of it. But now he has an insurance policy as well. When Darius is healthy, we'll get into that later, but also more importantly with Donovan Mitchell on this team, you can overcome a jetty performance where he's only hitting 20% from three that night. So I do see that he feels more comfortable and I'm happy that he's doing that because we have always kind of expected him to be a solid role player on this team. And now he's finally doing that, which is great. And I guess Mazel Tov, congrats on getting married. I, I don't know if that actually impacts your NBA career or not, but Wives get lambasted a lot anyway when players play badly. So, you know what? Let's let's be positive. Adding Mitchell has turned the Cavaliers into a come from behind. 6 and 0 in overtime this season. Kind of team that seemingly never stops coming for you until the final whistle blows. What's made the difference? There are so many things that have made the difference for this team. I think from a team holistic point, Mitchell has bought in defensively, and that really is the backbone of this team. They can rely on their defense to always keep them in the hunt for a game, to actually win a game. But Mitchell is also just an assassin. I love watching him shoot from the arc when you know it's going in before the ball is out of his hands because he is that kind of dead-eye, cold-blooded shooter that the Cavs, I don't know if they've ever had. I think Kyrie could get that way, but Kyrie was really, really streaky, and he didn't get that way until LeBron was there. LeBron has always been an efficient scorer his career, but from the outside, some of those shots, we were just wondering what was happening there. His his form has definitely improved, let me put it at that. Mitchell has become a catalyst for this team. He has a bulldog mentality where he clearly hates to lose. And the guys around him, obviously, they gravitate toward him. They let his 
his offensive style blend with them. Tonight, we saw Evan Mobley hit essentially the game winner because Mitchell drew in three Suns players and Mobley was wide open for a basically a, a layup for him, just a, you know, a jumper from the elbow. And it was such a great ebb and flow of what this team can be when he is the pure point of attack. It's really awesome to see. The the only other thing I wanted to add to like the awe-inspiring craziness of the Bulls game was that he accounted for 99 of the Cavs' points. So because he had all those buckets, he also added 11 assists. That's the most points of any player since Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Just to add the context of how rarefied that game was, the man went Super Saiyan... And I believe I've used that expression before describing him. It's beyond the pale. It's beyond anything I can even think of. And it's hard to put it all down in words, but gibberish. Adam, you and I have watched a lot of basketball, a lot of Cavs basketball. Are you as gobsmacked by how they're performing when Mitchell's on? I'm continuously surprised that they can win those games because Mm -hmm. um, historically you don't come out and play the type of first halves and statistically kind of average the things that they've been averaging in those halves and still have a chance to win the game. Now, the NBA has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And with the amount of threes people take, the way these guys are sprinting up and down the court, um, you know, they're pretty exhausted by the time the fourth quarter hits. So uh, there's a lot of factors that play into this being a possibility. And so I'm not gobsmacked, but I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and that is mostly because I, you know, you know that I didn't expect us to win a championship this year. I think we could, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're that good of a team that we could certainly be in the running for it we shouldn't be but we could be Mm -hmm. and it's nights like that and others frankly that we've seen since mitchell's joined the team that give me hope uh maybe even more than hope give me belief that we have a truly the opportunity to become a championship team donovan mitchell when he joined the team, we had to look at the numbers and say, okay, we like Colin Sexton. We think that the guy's got the right mentality. He's leading the team. He's the first one in, first one out every day. He's got everybody's confidence, right? And when Mitchell joined, it was, okay, we see that he's Jordan-esque. We see that he's got the ability. But can he ingratiate himself with the team? Can he get mm-hmm. these guys on his side you know, with the fact that he has replaced a guy that was, they were already on that guy's side. Yeah. And almost from day one, I've watched this team go, Colin Sexton, who? You know, like, yeah, again, yeah. this is just, Mitchell makes me even say LeBron, who? You know, it's, mm. it's a, it's been an amazing ride in such a short period of time to watch a guy score 38 plus points 
eight times this year. Yeah. And put the team on his back when that's what you expect of a top-tier player in the NBA. Like, I grew up spoiled with LeBron James and Michael Jordan on yeah. the teams I followed. All right? And that was just because I lived in those areas, so I got to follow mm-hmm. those teams. And so when I see a talent like Mitchell come to town, I know what I'm looking at. Yeah. This guy is special beyond belief, and he's the best trade in the history of the Cavaliers. He's one of the best trades in NBA history, and the stat that you listed, the fact that he's the first player in NBA history to score 71 and have 10 assists or more. Like, that's mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. to me. That all these guys that have scored, he's the seventh person to have 70 plus points, but he's the first person ever to have those amount of assists on top of the points. He, I, I've talked a lot, so (laughs) I can't, I can't say I don't have anything to say, but he almost makes me speechless in the idea of like, how do I even begin to explain how great that is? Yeah. I was reading some articles and some recaps of, that game and friend of the pod jackson flickinger he wrote an article for fear the sword where every paragraph that he's writing is just one historic moment on top of another historic moment on top of another one at one point he points out how it's the most points by anyone in cleveland and that includes the 69 points that michael jordan put up against the Cavs back in the 80s So he outscored Kyrie, LeBron, and Michael Jordan all in one night. That it it just our brains are are numb. <laughs> Garland got hurt recently, venting some frustration about the refs and their inability to protect the players this season. Do you think he's right or is this more about his conditioning than their play calling? Well, any fans of the podcast that consistently join us would know that a huge complaint of ours is the play calling and the injuries. And they definitely go hand in hand because a lot of the time the rough play that is allowed in the game is usually what takes our guys out. You know, I remember a time in the eighties and early nineties that basketball was pretty rough. They threw elbows. They, they were bruisers, and um, I don't remember as many injuries back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe they just played through them. I'm sure they did. Nowadays, it's kind of it's tough because from a fan's perspective, it's hard to, to put my finger on kind of who's to blame as to why there are more injuries and more issues with the play calling. Some of it, I think, is just the softening of the game over the years with hand checking and things like that and um, and not being able to kind of body up on guys. They're not as physical in the offseason or in their practices. Mm-hmm. And I do think banging around on each other causes like, you know, a consistency or some calcification maybe um, to the body, uh, some hardening to the body. And so you wonder a little bit about the, those things changing over time. And therefore, I, I just don't know where to, to where to point a finger necessarily as to what is the biggest culprit here. We often point to certain guys when they come in the league and say, okay, this guy definitely has to put on 15, 20 pounds worth of muscle. And we said mm-hmm. it about Mobley. We've said it about Garland. 
And I still feel that way about Garland. I'm, I'm watching Mobley mm-hmm. grow into his body, so I'm not as worried about that. But Garland seems like a guy that's probably going to be a thinner frame and is probably going to have a harder time putting the muscle on. And watching a guy like Mitchell play in this league at basically the same position, I know he plays shooting guard for us, but when Garland's out, he's playing a lot more point. And he is a point guard. Mm-hmm. His upper body strength, to me, is one of the reasons why he is more successful than Garland at this point. Now, he's further mm-hmm. along in his career, but he clearly just can pack on the pounds better than Garland can. Mm-hmm. I, I have to go 50-50 on this question, which is that mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know, have the refs allowed some physical play to a degree that is unacceptable uh, to today's standards of the NBA? Uh, yeah. The fact that he almost lost his eye and it wasn't even considered a, f- mm. a regular foul is still something that yeah, I don't yeah. understand, let alone a flagrant one. So, <laughs> you know, as a Cavs fan, I've kind of eased into this concept of never agreeing with the refs and always being screwed over by them. I think Garland's speaking up of hey i thought these guys were supposed to be protecting us this year i thought this was supposed to be different i guess that's changed right that was his statement um i guess they're not looking out for us i think that he probably knows that that was a naive thing to think in the first place the the league has always protected the bottom line or the the people Mm -hmm. that bring the most value to the league and once you become a top tier guy then you're going to get the calls and they're not going to let people hack on you like that anymore it happened to curry um it happened in some cases to jordan it happened to lebron in some cases Mm -hmm. um every major player it takes time but eventually they'll get that respect and garland is just not far enough along in his career yet so i think it's just kind of a twofold issue of yeah you're not wrong they need to be calling these out more and they need to be protecting you but they're probably not going to so in the meantime, you need to hit the gym and build your strength up a little more. The coaches need to start calling plays that are protecting you a little bit more, and you need to be a little bit smarter on the court. I, I think that those all make sense. I do think that Darius does need to take some responsibility in respect to becoming a little bit more of a physical presence going into the gym and, and putting on a little bit more weight. I don't think he needs to get as big as Donovan, but putting on a little more poundage would be helpful. I I actually kind of think in his lower body, just so that he has that lower frame to body out players better. But I, I totally agree with Darius's sentiment because he's already been possibly blinded. Uh, or almost blinded in at, in the first game of the season. So he's going to be bitter the rest of the season. Yeah. And he is very what looks to be calm and chill during games. He never raises his voice in the sense at refs. But I've seen where the camera will just like catch his reaction and he's just muttering to himself, as to how that wasn't a foul. And I think that he's going to have to realize that some of the ways that he plays, he either needs to embellish what's happening more 
he needs to essentially kind of lean into the impact and understand that he kind of needs to flop a little bit more. I it, it sucks Sell to it. say it, but Sell yeah, it you, you yeah. see you see it with Trey Young and Harden all the time. You see it with a guy as big as Embiid. And I think Darius doesn't do that as well. But I think the easiest route is to do what you were mentioning, which is put on a little bit more weight, 10, maybe 12 pounds, and it allows you to dictate what that impact is when you're going into the paint so that you're not getting knocked around as much. One thing I will add is the foul that he got hurt on the the guy didn't even come close to trying to steal the ball from Darius and just went out of his way to hack him I think the NBA will start adding in a few more types of rules we're already seeing it with the fast break fouls and other fouls where if somebody is guarding somebody else and then they just smack somebody (laughs) This, you know, for no reason, or smack the ball handler for no reason. I think that they will probably start enforcing other types of fouls because the game, like you mentioned, it isn't as bruiser heavy as it was in the 80s, but teams are going to do more to slow down that speed. And I think the NBA is going to do more to kind of curb that to allow that free access as opposed to just hacking dudes whenever you want the final seconds zach lowe of espn reported last week that the cavaliers could be looking to acquire a wing off of the trade market this is mainly due to the fact that the team is constantly rotating players in and out of the three spot does this prove that dean wade is the team's most important role player I would say Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman, um, Karis Levert. That's it. <laughs> All these guys um, could possibly be the team's most important role player because right now we're looking for that person that can fill the three. And so that's the question ultimately that you've asked. Do we need the three do we do we need a person we've talked about this since the start of the season you know do we have the guy on the roster to fulfill this need or not and i don't know <laughs> from my, <laughs> i watch these games and i i this pops in my head maybe three or four times every game like is it a wing we're missing i don't know it it doesn't feel like that in some ways it feels like We need more efficiency from Mobley and Allen at times. More scoring. And we need more consistency from Karis LeVert. I still look at this roster and feel like we have the pieces. I've fallen off a little bit in my belief in where Okuro is going to go. I hate to say. (laughs) Please, please, Isaac, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong now. (laughs) I think that this team with Mobley, Allen, Mitchell, and Garland possibly being in the starting five on most nights, you know, on the nights that we're lucky, that fifth and final person has never meant as much to me. I don't understand why it has to be a high-volume scorer 
or some mm-hmm. person that will contribute in that way. And uh, because to me, you're going to get the efficiency off the bench. You're going to get it somewhere else. We still haven't seen Rubio return. And we're still not getting kind of what we were hoping to get from some of these guys that I've mentioned. So I don't know. I There are many games that I feel like we're missing something, but it just feels like we're missing the players that we have. Like, hey, where's that guy? Why doesn't he come in and do something tonight? Whereas often I will honestly look at a roster and say, we just don't have it. I still feel like we have it. We're just, maybe we're just trying to figure out how to make everybody mesh with the addition of Mitchell. I'm not sure. We'll see. One day after Donovan scored his historic 71 points, the entire Cavaliers were issued tests for performance-enhancing drugs. Mitchell immediately tweeted that morning, and just like that we are drug-tested this morning. Players are subjected to random testing, so I ask you, how random do you think this was? Oh, I think it was completely not random in any way. I think that the NBA is trying to cover its butt. You see this in the NFL, in the NHL, the MLB. If one player does extremely well one night, all of a sudden they get tested. I think that it's helpful because I am pro making sure that people aren't on performance-enhancing drugs. But I also do agree with Mitchell's mindset, which is that, you know, he's just scoffing at how the league performs or acts like these are random. It's like when you go, when some folks go through the airport, uh, they usually get picked to get randomly screened over others. And it's not random. So I think the, the league has... A, the league has has to make sure that the game is clean, but maybe they could wait a day or so, not the actual next night or yeah. the next morning to test them. I think that they're they're never gonna be random. That's just kind of how it goes, and I'm just really happy that he didn't test positive because it would have really made this episode suck. Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. Let's go Cavs!